Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. PJ's podcast. Welcome to PJ's podcast, where we speak of the three things that matter. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, Jeanette O'Hare. She's the founder of Will's House, and she has joined us today uh, to speak a little bit more about that. Um, Jeanette, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about Will's House. Yeah, so um, my background is pediatric physical therapy. I worked as a therapist for a long time um, before I had kids. I loved working with kids. um, Thought that was kind of where I was going to stay. And then um, we had two biological sons. And then we entered into the world of medical needs adoption. Um, And through that process, we got our son, Will who uh, Will's house is named after. Um, He came to us with significant medical needs and um, a life-limiting prognosis, meaning uh, he wasn't projected to live um, very long, and he passed away in 2017. Um, And during that time, we were also finding out that our biological son had some medical needs also, and we were very supported by... um, it was actually a foster support life group, life group of people. Um, and from that experience, we went on to adopt two other boys. They also have some medical needs. So that gives us four. Three of them have some kind of disability. And, um, you know, I just, I loved working as a therapist, but I was just seeing that that kind of support, you know, in real life <laughs> benefited us so much of just knowing the needs and knowing what people really, um, that I didn't, I had time limits with families when I was their physical therapist and I didn't want those time Mm -hmm. limits. I just wanted to be able to serve them. I had tired moms that were like, I just want to go to the grocery store without my kid (laughs) with me, or I just want to take a nap. And I would be like, I could do that because I'm skilled to do that. Um, you know, but even, you know, sometimes grandparents would be scared to watch the grandkid, um, just based on their medical needs, or they couldn't get into traditional daycares. And there's also, you know, young adults that are just sitting at home. They want to break from their parents, and their parents want to break from them. So um, I founded Will's House coming out of COVID in 2020. <laughs> and uh, because also you couldn't take siblings to appointments, um, things right. like that. And so I was just, I wanted to set it up where I was free to meet needs um, for families. And also, since my children have some unique needs sometimes they're with me and so we made this little family business where we serve other families doing respite care is the technical word Uh, but we just watch people's kids and young adults and we do that by going into their homes or we have a single family home which is the first um, model of a single family home for respite in Oklahoma and Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like an Airbnb that kids can stay at with support um, so it's a house environment. It's not scary. Um, my kids are there sometimes. It's just a family home. You don't have staff. You have like, we kind of see it as like an aunt or uncle, not like, um, uh, nurses and doctors. So, mm-hmm. um, that's Will's house. We, we loved naming it for our son who passed away because it allows us to keep telling his story and to serve what meet the need because we also have the need. And I think that that um, helps us to see it more clearly, maybe, and to set it up where it truly is helping people. Um, and we can provide the service free, which is my favorite part. 
um, as a nonprofit charity. So that's Will's house. That's what I do. Okay. Yeah, that that's phenomenal. Um, you know, for those who don't know, I do have a son with Down syndrome, and Jeanette, you've been been over to watch my kid a, a couple of times now. Um, and you know, Bam, he's two years old now, and you know, me and my wife, we, uh, you know, n- didn't go out for like two years, right? Because having a son with medical needs there's not a ton of people that can watch him that we feel comfortable watching him. So uh, about six months ago, me and my wife were like, okay, we need to, we need to have like a list or something of people that can come and watch our, you know, all of our kids. So like we can actually spend time together or something were to happen, you know, where both of us needed to leave. Uh, We had one name on the list and it was my mom. And she can't even lift Bam, but she's a, you know, was a nurse for <laughs> 40 years. So, you know, what you're doing in what Will's house is, is just an amazing thing. Uh, it's helped us out uh, tremendously. And I know it's helped um, other families out with special needs because it's a, it's a world that, uh, you know, a lot of people, it comes really quickly. And, you know, we found out Bam had Down syndrome, uh, you know, six weeks before he was born, right? So we didn't have time to prep for any of this stuff, right? Uh, we found out he had, had Down syndrome. He was born, um, we actually found out at week 32, I think he was born like three weeks later. He was in the NICU for eight months. Like we we didn't ha- we, we didn't know what to expect, what was going on. Um, so having something like this is so beneficial for families that have special needs. Um, you know, my, my one question is, uh, you know, how, how did, how did the, the, even the idea of Will's house come up? Where did that come from? Well, my husband is a pretty good, um, businessman kind of entrepreneur. He's more creative. And I was kind of thinking about doing something different, um, just based on our necessity of my work schedule and things like that. And he was like, if you're going to cash in your whole network, um, you know, to do something you really like, what's the dream project? Like, and I was like, well, I want to be able to serve kids and adults. Cause there's like across the lifespan. And I wanted to have the freedom to, um, me- just meet whatever needs came that day. So like if someone needed a coffee run, but they were stuck at home with their kids and couldn't go get coffee, like that's what I do that day. Or if someone needed um, had an emergency and needed a place to stay, I could do that that day. You know, like I wanted to have a lot of range, um, but still within this like really intimate, um, very personal relationships and really be like implanted in the community. So we kind of just messed around with the model and took a gamble on getting a house that wasn't my house or your house and having this bonus space Um, And then it became the more conversations we had with caregivers. We were like, if you had an extra house, (laughs) what would you use it for? And, um, and it really is. And it's here in town. It's here. You don't have to travel to it. You don't have to, you know, really prepare. You could just rest there or your kid could crash there while you go to an appointment. You know, it's, it's just, it was really um, more risky than I'm used to as far as just gambling on that being something that works um, and really feels like family. So we just kind of 
Um, I did cash in a network of other therapists and really highly skilled, you know, nurses and wonderful people that can help me build it. And um, I had, I thought I'd have a lot of my patients use it so I could prove the concept fast. And that turned out, you know, to be true. And then I don't even have to market. I mean, because the need is so huge. Um, there's so few providers and I'm free, but also like, there's just tons and tons and tons of people who need respite care and relief from, from caregiving for just an hour or two. So, mm -hmm. um, it, it went fast. Once we started it, it went really fast. And, um, we were just trying to think outside the box a little bit on a service module or model that was community-based free and relationship driven versus medical, you know, expensive and limits the people who really need it. So that's kind of, we, we really just gambled and so far it has worked. So I don't know. It, that absolutely incredible. I, I didn't even realize that uh, it's free. Uh, I, I had no idea that that was actually part of it, which is absolutely incredible. Jeanette, that that's that's incredible. How many how many places is there like this? I mean, is this the only one uh, that's in the area? Is there other respite cares? Because I I have like I've looked at at um, you know places where Bam could stay if we needed it before we got. There's not a ton of it out there, as far as I can see. No, it's not um, in Oklahoma. Basically, um, there's so few providers that the state will give respite vouchers for you to find your own provider. And the only requirements for that are that they be over 18 and have a social security number. So wow. they know that there's so few providers that, so you could pay that to your mom if she helped you, you know, so that, so the state is trying to give you help, but they can't give you a provider. So they're saying, find your own provider and pay them this money. Or um, there's some facilities um there's one specific for children uh that's a bigger facility but you would have to travel it's in um about two hours from here and then oh, wow. um there's uh not there are other places that can accept respite vouchers from the state like um therapeutic riding like horseback riding and some things that you can use that money for but as far as other places like mine <laughs> i was having to um, you know, doing something new, there was nothing to pattern off of for, um, for my insurance, for my zoning, for my licensing. Um, I was having to look at other states. And even in that, I really only patterned after one house that's similar to mine. And it's a New York state. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So was it, was it, was it hard to get this going through the state? Did they give you any, any, uh, trouble? I mean, any systems, like I said, anything that you do that's new, you're going to be looking at, okay, so um, if you don't fit in a box, like say, okay, let's say like with insurance, if I was filling out insurance for the house that I have and they say, are you an, are you an adult um, residential facility? Well, I'm not. So I can't fit that application. Are you a childcare center? Well, I'm not. So I don't fit that application. So in, they either have to write me an application <laughs> or you know make some changes so that i can have a policy on the house so like that's just so then 
same for zoning and same for the state. They're all three systems. They're also not run by people who understand the need. So that is very challenging to um, figure out, you know, to bring it to them and say, I'd like to do this. What do I need to do to make it happen? And there's there's definitely barriers in, in all of those areas. And with the state, um, it took a while to get to the right people, but I think, you know, there's a section of the state that knows, hey, we need providers and she's offering to be a provider and maybe replicate um, providers. So we eventually got there, but no, it was not um, easy or smooth or, and, you know, sometimes people are suspicious of something new and say, um, probably not, you know, that, or a lot of times they think, I think, um, or systems that are not faith-based would say like, well, you can do this and maybe make more money, or this could be a big yeah, thing. Yeah. Or, and I was saying like, I just want the relationships and I want it to be free. Cause I don't want my friends to have to, we don't have any money caregivers. <laughs> we're poor because <laughs> right. like, we don't have money right. to spend. And so, um, I didn't want to kick people while they were down. And, and sometimes that's, um, you know, people don't really understand they're like, but you could do more and get this extra money. And I'm, I don't really want that. I want the freedom to do what I want. So yeah, it was, it was challenging, but um, worthwhile. And I think if it's a good model, even if people were to compete with me, um, we still wouldn't be able to meet the whole need. I mean, it, anything that made more providers would be totally fine with me because there's plenty of need. So yeah, yeah, there's absolutely a ton. The reason, and the reason I was asking about that is it seems like uh, something, this is something that's absolutely needed for us in Oklahoma, right? And in Tulsa. And to give me more faith in my government, I was, you know, hoping that they weren't just trying to squash the idea, right? Because it just seems like the government likes to do that. So, it's good to hear that you actually got everything settled. Uh, probably took a little bit, but hey, you know, as long as at the end of the day uh, we're good to go, I'm I'm extremely happy with with that, and it gives me a little bit more faith in our government to do what's actually right for uh, the citizens of of their community. Um, is is Will's house um, faith based, or is this just something that you did right for? for just the special needs community or the needs of, of others? Well, I mean, we're faith-based family and we're the people who run it. So, um, I mean, yes, it is. It's based on, um, you know, love. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and having the freedom to be a ministry. Um, like I said, I can receive money from the state and things like that. I'm licensed that way, but I just really want it to be a hands and feet kind of thing where um, I just, I never want to rely on the state so much that it drives out, you know, the, the values and the principles that we have made it on. And um, I mean, similar to Little Lighthouse and how they got started. Mm -hmm. I mean, they hold tight to their faith and they hold tight to making it their services free and they stay right here in their values in their lane and mm -hmm. they do whatever else they have to do for organization to, to put that first. So, I mean, we're similar in that. Um, and we, you know, we try to advocate a lot with other churches and faith-based based organizations so that, and, and kind of stand in that role of, um, Hey, the disability population is a huge subculture that systems 
are not going to be the answer for. Um, and we look to the church and we challenge the church a lot to step up and say, um, maybe we could provide respite or like trying to start a program where families match with other families. And so maybe instead of having two people on your list, you'd have three or four, or you'd, you'd walk side by side along families that could help you with things like childcare or picking up kids from school or watching one while the other has an appointment, those kind of things. And, and building that in faith communities. And, um, it's a little, that's a little challenging too, because sometimes churches are just, um, looking at programming or they're looking at where are we at with like acceptance and things like that, instead of kind of that deeper level of having to go out and find the caregivers that aren't coming out of their houses to go to church because they can't, (laughs) you know? So, um, I mean, we do a lot of advocacy in, in that way as well of, of trying to show the need and say, we really need the community to keep this going and support it and, and understand what the need even is. And maybe we can multiply that way. Um, you know, instead of having to sit and I think, like you said, like having faith in, in the the government or things like that. The, the thing is they they do make progress, but it's, you know, it takes the time it takes. It's not always driven by people who understand the need. I think there's an effort being made to have more caregivers and more self-advocates involved in decisions. Um, that's something that the leadership I know in advocacy pushes for, you know, mm-hmm. people like your son, Bam, like advocating for himself and saying, this is what I need in the community, you know, mm-hmm. being part of the conversation. There is a push for that, but everything like that, it takes time and they're going to look at it this down this path. Whereas I'm like, as long as I have enough money to keep going, I'll just keep meeting needs and bringing people coffee. So heck yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm yeah. talking about. When yeah. Jesus went into awesome. the towns, right? What's the first thing he did? He healed. He didn't start preaching. He he healed first. And something that Monty and I, uh, you know, talk about is um, how the church uh, gave up, um, gave it, gave up its space on helping uh, the needy, right? And said, okay, government, if you're going to do it, we're going to pass that over to you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's taken us down a very bad path, right? So I advocate for people like you to get out there and take care of those in need, right? That's what we have to be doing. We can't just keep relying on on other people to do it or the government to do it, right? I think people, churches should get out and just meet the needs. If it's, you know, faith-based, the Father will protect you with it, right? The Father will give you your needs, I think, um, you know, I've ran a ministry for eight years on zero dollars, basically, right? But the Father just keeps blessing, giving us what we need, right? And we do it in, in faith with Him. But on top of that, the special needs community is a community that needs a ton of love and a ton of care, right? Not just not just the children, but also, like you said, giving the parents, right? the opportunity to go get freaking coffee. Like how hard is that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like people yeah. do it all the time. Some people don't get that opportunity. Right. And it hurts mentally. It takes a physical toll. Right. It, it's just, 
there's a ton of things that go on there. So um, we commend you for for doing what you do. Um, you know, any support that we can we can do for you, you please just just let us know, right? And for all of our listeners, um, it's Will's House. Uh, you can go to their website, uh, Will's House uh, Tulsa dot org, uh, and donate. Um, there's a ton of information on there. Uh, please check it out. Uh, Jeanette and her family and Will's house is something special and we need to support it as much as possible. So, uh, Monty, do you have anything else before we let Jeanette, uh, take off? No, that's, that's, um, you guys probably nailed everything I was going to say. Like, like this is such like awesome, special thing. And like, it's so unique. Um, I mean, do you have any plans of expanding like a Willis house too, or anything down the future? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really cool because like I said, it was a gamble and you're just like, I hope this works and makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, what am I not thinking of? Um, but what's really cool is that, uh, the budget for it is, is literally just funding a single family home and the utilities, which is a very small budget. Um, right. and the, and the staff or whatever. Um, but yeah, we have a couple of different thoughts. Like we can make another one now that we know how to get a house and set it up and get some house parents. Like we've looked at Owasso. We have a lot of uh, patients that we serve there or like far out in Broken Arrow. Um, yeah. That's far from me, yeah. um, <laughs> Mr. Mitchell. But yeah. um, so we could make another house. And now that we've broken those barriers and kind of know the systems a little bit better, we could easily do that. Or we've, we've looked at um, trying to capture more of a rest center, like where people could do before and after school care, because that's a big, yeah. um, it kills employment for families like ours, because you have no before or after school care, mm -hmm. especially right. at, in middle school on, because your kids can stay independently. Right. So, right. um, so we, we can either make somewhere where it's like a hub and we staff that bigger and it's like more like before and after school care, or we can start making other houses or we could just stay small and be our little family house. I don't really necessarily need it to grow any sort of way, but <laughs> I, right. it would be easier to replicate now and um, exciting to think of the future. So, yeah. Well, Very that cool. is awesome. Go ahead, Bonnie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and uh, you mentioned community groups earlier. Like, is there anything established where like people that go um, to Will's house can can make a like can form a, a community group where they can kind of like network and rely on each other outside of you know outside of Will's house? Yeah, there's nothing yet, but what what we have that's that's really cool after two and a half years is the database. Um, okay, that's cool. like I can group people by ages or by. Mm. Um, wow. family type and I can right. say like hey here's or someone will say uh, we have this rare rare uh, diagnosis and I'll be like hey I just met someone else that has that they live like right, right here you know right. so putting people together and saying you know I'd like to start doing more of that like right. um, matching families together so they have right a deeper bench too yeah or you, you can you can tell ruben there's three families in in uh, a broken arrow so you can quit calling me type of deal <laughs> right <laughs> right exactly that's really cool that is absolutely really cool if you can mm -hmm. uh, continue to build that database and and pair up i know that would be that would be uh something that that i would definitely like to see at the end of the day so yeah. um jeanette thank you so much for joining us and uh yeah. from you know, Monty and I and my family, we love you. 
Thank you for everything that you're doing. And again, uh, everybody that's listening, go to willshousetulsa.org, donate. Uh, this is something that is extremely needed in our community. So uh, we'll put a that, link absolutely. as well so everyone can come and just click on it. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Jeanette, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nice to meet you, Monty. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. See you All later. Right. Bye. Bye. All right, bye. Oh, well, phenomenal. Yeah, bro, that's absolutely like amazing. phenomenal, man. That's an I, amazing it, service it just, that she's doing. You know, it, it's uh, it gets me gets me choked up because you know those who who don't have special needs kids don't understand how much this means and how much like work and what she's offering for free money right. yeah is incredible yeah. that is absolutely think, yeah. incredible it's you amazing know? i think it's cool like you know we talk about all the bad things that come out of covid like and but but you know there's obviously this is a proof there's something some good things came out of covid you know when you're sitting around at home you can't go see other people and like you know and especially when when you have like a child with special needs, like a, a parent needs that, that getaway time to recharge the batteries every once in a while. And you can't, you know, and something like this manifested, you know, out of, out of COVID too. So it's, it's good to see like there, there was a, a, a good story that come, that came, come out of that. Right. Day. At least we got yeah. one of them, right? Yeah, we got, we got one. So in her, but, her, her family is amazing. Like yeah. they're absolutely solid, solid group of people. So, right. You can right. always trust, think, trust them. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, you mentioned it and, you know, and we, everyone puts so much focus on the kids and, and rightly so, but I think people often forget about the parents that are raising these kids 24 seven, you know, and, and the toll it takes on them. So like, you know, like you said, a chance for them just to sneak away and grab some coffee, you know, and just, you know, get the mind right. It, that, that means a lot too, man. So you can't forget about the parents, but not put in this hard work. So, so kudos to them. Yeah, I mean, you you saw it. You you guys were right next to us uh, as we went through, you know, the whole BAM situation, right? So yeah. you've seen you've seen it firsthand. Uh, you still see it, right? You know, we, yeah. we don't see, stay yeah. over, right? Like we don't get to have sleepovers like we uh, <laughs> used to. Different, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. there, it's just yeah. a different. It's a different uh, way that we have to live. Right. And right. you witnessed that firsthand. So you, I mean, I completely uh, agree with you. Um, although, you know, when you have a child with special needs, your child is, you know, the most important thing. And, mm. um, you know, like my wife, she puts herself second with everything. Right. Bam, yeah. you know, Bam does come first, but it's nice. It's nice. It's really freaking nice when somebody, you know, goes, Hey, you look mm -hmm. like you may need a, a cup of coffee. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's an absolute great deal. Well, like, even, like I said. even for the, even for your family or for your marriage, like, you, you know, you gotta have date nights still, you gotta have that time to yourself as a husband and wife, you know, you gotta keep that bond strong too. And so, I mean, like that time is needed, you know, and I mean, that, that can't be uh, downplayed. So um, like I said, yeah, it's, I agree it's, with you. And, and, that, and I think that makes, your bond stronger, but then that gives the, like the love and intention and care that you can give to your child even stronger too. So that's awesome, yep. man. Yep. I'm with you. Well, um, I don't want to bring the mood down, so let's move into sports and then we'll get into the political talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a good mood. I'm going 
I'm in a good mood. I don't want to down it. I don't care what you say today. I'm just going to be happy about everything. I mean, I mean, I'm like, yep, no, he's right. This is great. It's, I'm going to applaud yeah, this. Let's so. do it. Let's do it. Oh, man. So sports, sports, sports. Obviously, the, the big thing uh, over the weekend was the Masters. And, and Ruben, as a golf fan that you are, I know you watched every bit of it. Um, just give me your 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 rundown, your overview, what, what you thought about the weekend. Well, there's a couple of stories here. Um, the first one is John Rahm. John Rahm, man. Um I didn't think he had it in him. Uh, he just won the U.S. Open this last year, uh, but he did it on Seve's birthday, which is a um, it had that feeling of something special, right? Like it, it yeah. really did, right? Seve's birthday, um, you know, he, his uh, number in the Masters was forty nine, right? April mm-hmm. 9th, Seve's birthday, um, mm-hmm. just all all the. Uh, all the feelings it had all the feelings yeah. of just a magical moment and, and it was mm-hmm. um it would have been a little bit uh, more suspenseful if kepka uh wouldn't have choked as bad as he did uh towards the end of the round um but it was exhilarating i'm i'm a sevy fan i think he's one of the greatest golfers ever he was an absolute uh master of hitting sh- uh shot shapes and just doing some incredible stuff. His touch around the green uh, is probably the best that there has ever been in the game. Um, so th- that was absolutely phenomenal to watch. Uh, second thing is Phil Mickelson tied for second. <laughs> Let's not forget this. That's amazing. Phil man. Mickelson tied for second. Yeah. Nobody saw that one coming. There is not what? one person <laughs> that said Phil Mickelson was was going to even make the damn cut, much less yeah get second place. Incredible. You know, his, his odds of winning was worse than Tiger's odds of winning. You're exactly and right. I, I mean, so like, I mean, just for for him to for him to make it to Sunday, someone could have made up a lot of money. You know, Dude, I mean, it's crazy. He shot a uh, seven under the final Sunday. round. That's a yeah. sixty-five. Right. He's the oldest yeah. player to ever do uh, ever shoot that. But, you know, I, I was a huge lefty fan until the whole live thing. Uh, then, you know, he became the villain. He was the the uh, everybody liked him character. Right. He was, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Robin to to Tiger Woods. Right. He's always by his side, always challenging him. Um, and then about three years ago, everybody started hating him right Mm -hmm. um but the man looked phenomenal phenomenal did he i still get blown away he got second place he got (laughs) phil mickelson got second place that is astonishing um i mean if you noticed if you watched the broadcast they weren't showing phil mickelson shots by the way if you notice that they were they were trying to keep him under the radar Right. I remember looking and seeing he was at at like six and I didn't think I'd seen a shot from him all day. Like broadcast had not covered him. Uh, But props to him. Uh, What a phenomenal round. I still can't believe it. Um, The the third story is Kepka falling apart. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, on Sunday he shot, he was plus three on Sunday. He, he was. And, um, he, he just, uh, he's a whiner. 
I've never met somebody who whines as much as Kepka, right? Oh, they call the Kepka the, the new Finau. Uh, well, Finau just flat out choked. I mean, he did exactly <laughs> what he was supposed to do, and that was choke. Uh, yeah. And I had Finau on my roster too. I thought I thought I've been talking so much crap on him that he's going to prove yeah. me wrong. Uh, well, he didn't. He choked again because uh, he, he had again. it going there for a little bit. He made a little bit of a push. And then, you know, choking McGee. But Kepka, I mean, he uh, all Kepka had to do, right, was just shoot halfway decent. Like halfway decent. Thing is, he shot 65, 67, right? The first two rounds. Just phenomenal. And then he goes 73, 75 to finish it up. Right. <laughs> right. And he right. he I think everybody on the live tour. It's like praying to God that Kepka won. Come on, oh, Kepka. Yeah. Come on, dude. Right. You know, and he just fell apart, man. I, I don't know. Uh, if you watched his first tee shot, I mean, you knew it was going to be a rough day. Anybody that's hit uh, just a god awful shot on the first tee understands that feeling because you go to the range, right? You spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes on the range, dialing it in. You feel amazing. You do chips, right? You do some chipping. You do some putting. There is mm-hmm. no worse feeling than walking up to a tee box thinking that you've got everything squared away. Phenomenal rain session. Great putting session. You know, you you hold three chips on the on the on the chipping green, and then just shanking the shit out of your first <laughs> tee shot. It's the worst feeling in the world. Because now you're just, your mind is like, oh my God, like, where do I go? What happened? You know, uh, it's a head game, right? It's an absolute head game. And Kepka used to not be a basket case. He's a basket case now, right? Like, like he's, he's not as mentally strong as he used to be. Um, So, so him, him having a terrible, you know, final round, I think, uh, you know, for the PGA tour, for Rom winning, a PGA Tour guy winning uh, was a was a big statement. Uh, that being said, uh, three out of the top five, right, are live players: Mickelson, Kepka, Reed. Uh, Reed story. Uh, he shot four under. He 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 actually had a great round. Yeah. He, had, uh, Spieth, he had a great Sunday. Beat fire in a sixty six. Right. Uh, yeah. Everybody thought he was kind of out of the hunt. Uh, he brought it back to being uh, you know somewhat relevant. Uh, Victor Hovland um, was tied for first at one point. He fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotty Scheffler, sorry about you, dude. That sucked. Mm-hmm. He was he was awful. He looked. I he was he was last in putting at one point yeah. in the tournament. Last. Yeah. That dude. That dude is is one of the best putters on tour. He was last in putting. Uh, that's. I think that's one of the reasons Phil Mickelson's always been so good at the Masters. He's a hell mm-hmm. of a putter, right? Um, so th- those are the stories for the Masters. It was a phenomenal Masters. I'm glad John Ron won. I'm a I have a love for for Seve. So um, yeah, it just made it. It was a a moment that was just made for for Ron to win. So uh, props for him. The last side story here. Do you see that tree fall? I did see the tree fall. That was it's amazing. Crazy. No one got hurt. That's crazy. Nobody got hurt, but. I mean, you understand how tip-top shape this course is, and to have a tree fall oh, yeah. in the middle, right? 
of the day is, is pretty insane. That was a big pretty old insane. tree. Pretty insane. Um, yeah, I know. I actually, I watched the video. I, I watched it back today, and I was like, "It is amazing." Like, like nothing happened. Absolutely like, nothing. And, I mean, and plus, how's a tree that big fall? Like, those roots should be deep, and well, it didn't, did not did not matter. If I'm not mistaken, the masters gets trees actually Im implanted. Oh, uh, okay, right. Yeah. So I think it was a tree that was maybe implanted, just newly planted. Okay. yeah yeah they i that mean makes, they get full makes... grown ass trees right yeah. and get them That's shipped crazy. in and then they use these big old machines and they dig you know dig the ground right. up and they plant these full yeah. grown trees um, just drop it in there oh yeah yep yeah but but great week fun to watch great absolutely fun to great watch reach. weather was god awful the couple of days but this, i don't care miss, it's right? fun to watch it's fun to watch professionals suck on the golf course there's just something about it that is <laughs> fun to watch fun to watch so um so do you think you know with live they only play 54 rounds right um do you think that might have had a you know Kepka's not used to playing that fourth day do you think that might have had an influence in his game no because phil mickelson shot the lowest round of the entire tournament on sunday uh, yeah, but Phil Mick, he was coasting the first three days where where Kepka was out in the, in the front. Yeah, but you know, but the, Phil's in the live. He he only plays those fifty four holes. I don't think that had yeah. anything to do it. I think the pressure got to Kepka, uh, which is something yeah. I didn't think I'd actually say about him because he's been, you know, like I said, his mental uh, his mental game has been very very strong. I mean, the dude won like uh, four majors in in two years or something like that. It was an incredible run, and he looked um unstoppable there for a while but right. he fell apart he absolutely fell apart um yeah he did it was his tournament to win uh all he had to do was shoot a couple under and he wins that tournament and he just couldn't do it uh and i think that just shows that his mental capacity is still not there to win majors just yet because like i said he was in complete control he was at in right. absolute complete control um you know ron beat him by six strokes right beat him by six <laughs> yeah. strokes uh that yeah that one day on sunday right so um you know i just i just don't think his, his mental game was there right yeah for sure um what's next with rory man what's what's the next step with him God, I, I he, he looked pulled terrible out, he pulled out of his next tournament already so he said he's not gonna play in that man i don't I really don't know. I don't know. Right? Uh I really had high hopes for Rory. I just man, uh picked a him week, to win it. Uh, I know a week like this just, you know, you want him to win so bad at mass at yeah. the Masters, and he just seems to fall apart. I don't know if it's just the way the course is set up, uh, that right. you know, just doesn't really reflect his game that well. But man, um, he did not look good. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just I, I don't know because he was playing halfway decent going in. Um, mm -hmm. But I think he even you know, in an interview he even talked about like how good he felt and how good his game well, has been. I and mean, he was just he was ready to go. Golf is a son of a bitch, Monty. You <laughs> think you've got it figured out, and like I said, you can you can be you know, over your ball on the first hole thinking you've got everything figured out and miss hit a ball and it just derails quickly. Mm -hmm. 
right? right. And um, I even listened to Justin Thomas when he won the the PGA this last year. He was on the range going, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like He, he was like, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you where this ball is going to go, uh, you know, when I hit it. And, and he's the one of the best golfers in the world, right? right. That's why the game's so damn yeah. hard. Uh, That's but, why it's hard. Rory, uh, you know, Rory is married, has a little child now, right? I think, mm -hmm. uh, I think maybe he got a little bit uh, stationary with his game. Mm -hmm. um, that his maybe his timing was was there, and maybe his technique was a little bit off. But because he's mm -hmm. so good, uh, he was able to, uh, you know, have a different technique. And be able to to catch the club back up, uh, just because he's got such good hands and have done it forever. And maybe uh, with this big of a stage and and pressure, kind of threw him off a little bit. Uh, so maybe he needs to take a couple weeks off and and uh, get back into the the practice facility and get that timing back, something along those lines. Uh, but mm -hmm. I was I was really disappointed in in Rory's play. I really thought he had a uh, had a chance to to win it. My boy. Uh, Justin Thomas didn't even make the cut. Uh, he, <laughs> the, he's the reason Tiger Woods made the cut. He played so often. Right. Right. Oh. Right. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, there's a lot, lot, lot of big names struggled this weekend, but you know, like I think it made for a great finish on Sunday. We, we got to see some good golf. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's everything the masters want it to be. Cause I don't think they wanted to live guys win either, but there was, you know, that Mickelson comeback. You know, Mickelson finished before, like, you know, Kepka and Rom were like just yep. they were just startings. So I'm sure Mickelson's like, I'm gonna hang around and, and see if I uh, might squeeze this one out. <laughs> well, yeah, he was the first one in the clubhouse at uh, at eight under. I think uh, either Patrick, I think maybe Reed had finished at seven under uh, before him, mm -hmm. uh, but Mickelson came in at eight under, and I, I want to say at one point when when Mickelson uh when mickelson got to eight under i want to mm. say rom was 10 okay so mickelson was only two shots off right, at one right, point right it right was and, and right? rom was, so was like going into 10 or 11 or was maybe done with a 10 or 11 uh mm. so I mean, there was a point there where you're going, holy crap, guys. And we just watched, you know, Kepka double bogey a, a hole or bogey. A, and you're going, right. holy crap. Like, he could right. actually, you know, if if Rom has a couple of bad holes. Because 17 was playing brutal. And 18 was playing brutal. Mm. Right? Didn't, didn't Rom, a, like, four-putt his first hole? He four-putted his first hole of the tournament. Yeah. Right. I after I watched him four putt, I was like, "Yep, that prediction's correct. That dude ain't <laughs> gonna go anywhere near this tournament." And he came oh. back and and just crushed it, man. Mm. Uh, and, and I I really like Rom. I think he's he's a great ambassador to the game. Uh, very well mannered, right? Like, not a ton of controversy comes from him. Uh, right. He he's kind of a a unique swing, right? Um. So and he's got some great touch around around the green. He's he's had some very memorable moments on the putting green, winning winning tournaments with uh, with putts and different things like that. He's up for the challenge. Um, I'll make a prediction that that these two major wins may start a uh, a waterfall effect for him 
like they did spief uh mm-hmm. you know back seven years ago eight years ago and same thing with john rom right or not john ron but uh um uh, uh kepka right kepka mm-hmm. won that first one then turned turned around won the second one and he had about a hot streak for two years i'm, I'm guessing that's probably going to happen with uh with rom i think he'll get on a little heater now that he knows how to close out major tournaments uh, I I would watch out and say he's going to go on a little bit of a tear here uh, at yeah. our major. So, yeah, I hear you. So with uh obviously like live struggling with attendance and struggling with uh, views on TV, do you think uh three out of the top six being live golfers? Do you think that's going to help with that? We have no. uh, Cedar Ridge is a month away. Hell no, dude. You think? No, no. I mean, I I think it's pretty clear that live is not going to live. <laughs> pardon the pun for too right. much longer right mm-hmm. i i think i think it's it was like like i've always said i think live had to happen right because there was a ton of unhappy golfers in the pga oh yeah right yeah. and there had always been talks about this other tour coming around right so it was bound to happen sooner or later but we all knew that it wasn't going to actually work out in the long run Right. We were just waiting for somebody who had enough cojones to do it and enough money to do it, right? Somebody to right. take on the PGA, but had the money to pay these guys because yeah. you had to pay them an exorbitant, exorbitant, a ton of money to get them off the PGA tour, right? right. You had to pay them. Um, so, uh, you know, those things came together, but... I mean, I think it's it's showing that you're never going to gain as much attraction uh, as the PGA Tour is is going to garner uh, fans and everything like that because it's right. It's it's not in golf. It's not just about the players, right? It's about the courses. It's about the history, mm-hmm. right? I want to mm-hmm. go to Augusta, uh, not to necessarily see anybody play. I want to go to Augusta for Augusta and the history right. of Augusta, right? I don't really give a crap who's playing, right? I, I want right. to go see the course. Right. And and that's something right. that Liv doesn't have, and they'll right. never have, right? Right. So, you can go to Cedar Ridge any time. Hell yeah. I can I can, <laughs> I can go shoot 89 at Cedar Ridge anytime that I want to. So, but I just, they're not going to be able to compete. It, ba- it was right. bound to happen. It needed to happen. Um, yeah. But I don't think it'll be around much longer. It's just it's just losing money left and right. And I think I think we'll get a a, a firsthand you know uh, a firsthand look at this at Cedar, right? We'll we'll actually get to see what the attendance is like. We saw uh, we saw the PGA what that attendance wow. is like, which was in it was packed. Spain. It was so, so many people now there. we'll get to compare that to Cedar Ridge and see. I mean, we'll get firsthand look. Is it gonna right. compare at all? Uh, I don't think it is, but uh, yeah, P- I mean, the PGA was nuts, dude. You had nuts. to walk four miles just to get to freaking <laughs> Southern Hills. Oh man. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, yeah. man. Well, let's transition a little bit um, over to the NBA. Um, we know who are, is in the playoffs now. Um, have you seen, and so the playoff, the play in tournament for the playoffs this is the craziest thing i've actually actually looked at the rules for this and this is nuts i don't know why they don't say take the top eight teams and why they're doing the doing this this way but lebron um, james bitched enough where they (laughs) 
where they probably, implemented probably. it. He's like, hey, man, if we get 10th, I need to get in. So but uh, <laughs> they got seventh, actually. But anyway, so on the Eastern <laughs> Conference, you have the, the number 10 Chicago Bulls will play the number nine uh, Raptors. Uh, the eight Hawks will play number seven Miami Heat. So this is crazy. So uh, seven versus eight play each other. Oh, let's talk about the Western Conference. We got OKC at number 10. Uh, they play number nine, uh, New, New Orleans, the Pelicans, uh, number eight, Timberwolves, and then number seven, your Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Um, so the crazy thing is, so seven versus eight play each other, right? The winner of seven versus eight just automatically goes in. Okay. It and then, makes so, zero sense, Monty. It makes like zero sense. It makes no sense. And so nine versus ten play, right? If the winner of nine versus ten will play the loser of seven versus eight, and then the winner of that game goes in. So the nine and ten spot has to play two games, and they have to win both games to go in. The seven versus eight, you just got to win the first one and you're in. And if you lose, you still have another chance of getting in by playing the nine versus ten game. So Does that makes sense. It's so dumb. It, it's absolutely yeah. stupid. I mean, I guess so it makes, it like makes absolutely games. zero sense. What they should do right. is the ten play the seven. Winner of that gets the uh, gets the seven seed or whatever, and then yeah. the eight and the nine play. Right. Right. So <laughs> it's it's pretty uh, simple. I don't know why they made it that way. Uh, I don't like made... the extra playoff games, anyways. I think they're stupid yeah. and dumb. But the thing is, you given, play, you given my these... thunder a chance, so right, you to, like we have a chance. But you know, like I said, OKC okay, will have to beat the Pelicans, and I think they will because uh, what's his face is is not going to play. Um, and but then they have to play. Then they'll have to play the loser between the Timberwolves and and the and the Lakers to get in. So. Um, but the thing is, like, okay, yeah, you, you get through all that. And what happens? Oh, you got to play the number one seed Denver Nuggets. Or you got to play the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks. After a play, like, while they're sitting there resting, you're playing all these extra games. So it's um, not very favorable for them to do this, but um, but it's happening. Uh, so the seeds, the matchups in the Eastern Conference, though, we got the Bucks. They'll play the number eight playing winner. Uh, the Celtics will play the number seven playing winner. Uh, the 76ers will play the Brooklyn Nets, and then uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are playing our New York Knicks. Um, in the Western Conference Fighter, we have the Nuggets in the, in the eight seed, the Grizzlies in the seven seed. Uh, the number three Kings will play the number six Golden State Warriors, and then the number four Phoenix Suns plays the number five LA Clippers. So there's actually some good matchups here. Like, you know, like the Kings finally broke that streak, right? Of finally making the playoffs and they get put up against the Golden State Warriors. They're like, why are we the three seed when we have to play against the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, they, they definitely got the um, a terrible seeding there. Uh, you know, Golden State's been with half their squad for the entire season. So um, that that's actually going to be a really fun one to watch. Uh, I I really want to see how the Kings do, uh, you know, under pressure and, and actually in a playoff, uh, in a playoff series. So that that'll be that'll actually be really really uh, really fun to watch. Uh, I think the Grizzlies have a great chance. Um, 
really the the nuggets are going to be hard to beat no matter what right uh yeah. and then the the suns and the clippers now it's, you've got russ versus dude, KD. That's the, so, so, so that's the oklahoma that's the oklahoma city uh that's the Oklahoma City uh, game, the Oklahoma City series. Because like, we, we have, have more ex Oklahoma City players, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> because if you you look at like you look at LA, you got Paul George and Russ, right? And then you look at the Suns, they have, we have Chris Paul and KD. There, that's four Oklahoma City uh, players right there. Just a dagger to the freaking heart for. Right. Us Thunder fans, man. Yeah, guys, we like, had we had all oh. those guys at one point. We had all those guys on our team, and yeah, we. Just I hope KD all, but... trips and falls and breaks his ankle during that game. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going for the Clippers in that series. Yeah, me me too. I just I think I think the Nuggets are just uh, they're extremely good team this year. They're going to be hard to get past. Um, another good one is the Knicks in the Cavs. Right, and I think let's make, let's uh, make it serious. I think the Knicks could have asked for a better seating uh, than what they got to go up against the Cavs. Because I mean, yeah, the Cavs are halfway decent, uh, but I think the Knicks are on a hot streak. I think they're going to win that series uh, pretty handily. So it's going to be a good playoff. Uh, I pray the the Lakers go down. I hope they uh, <laughs> they don't even have a chance to get in, uh, which would be nice. But uh, you know the Bucks are on a two a two game losing skid right now, right mm-hmm. now. Granted, I know they've rested people still. It's hard to to lose two games even if your best players are sitting the bench. Um, right. It's it's going to be a good a good series, man. Good good playoffs yeah. this year. Yeah, I I hate resting players because like I mean I feel like you want momentum going into the playoffs and you, you're resting these guys so they're not getting minutes and then you're losing games so like I mean that can't help the morale of the guys that are playing I mean like I mean obviously we're old school right like you didn't see Jordan taking games off you didn't see you know Bird and Magic and those guys taking games off and so I I, I hate that but you know even like they're investigating the the Mavs because they they tanked their last game where they could have made that 10 spot right and they basically didn't play luca and so they're actually being investigated for 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 tanking so we'll we'll see what happens with that well luca i mean luca came out and said they that they think he may want to trade after this year did you hear about that story i i did hear about that and then i think they interviewed him and he he said he loved dallas and he said all the right things but like we'll see what, what like We'll see what happens in the offseason because I'm I'm pretty sure dude, he's so talented. He can't he cannot not make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's I've one of the faces of the NBA in, in a lot of people's opinion. And he's sitting at home watching. I mean, that, that can't happen. You know, you, you make this big move for Kyrie. And I think you they played worse, you know, with those two guys <laughs> on the court than they did before Kyrie was there. So obviously, like that's not that's that's not going to work. So like, what else do you got to do? You know, to give Luca a, a good a good running mate so he can make a push to win this thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Got to keep Luca on the on the court. The NBA has to keep Luca on the court, right? He yeah. is uh, exhilarating. Uh, fans love him. Uh, he's he's a good player, right? Uh, got to keep him. Got to keep him on the court. Got to get him through uh, at least into the playoffs, right? And yeah. uh, Mavs got to keep him happy if they want him to stick around. The dude is is uh, very very competitive, right? Oh, yeah, he's oh, he's oh, one yeah. of the one of the ones that 
kind of has that that Kobe LeBron or uh, Kobe and Michael Jordan mm-hmm. kind of focus and drive and you you got to he's got to get some some wins for him to stay uh, how they right. achieve that I, I really don't know but um obviously Kyrie was not the answer right <laughs> uh right so maybe it's Kyrie and another player don't really know uh it kind of baffled me to be honest with you that uh they didn't make a little bit of push at the end i really thought mm. Kyrie taking that pressure off luka was was going to uh free him up to make a little bit more shots not have so many uh so much pressure on him uh, to basically score every single time down the court but right. uh i was wrong on that they sucked uh worse than they <laughs> they did before him so right we'll we'll see what happens i i hope he doesn't change right i you know i i'm i'm not a mavs fan but they're right. close to oklahoma uh, right. so i root root for him plus right. uh i'm a luca fan though i'm a luca fan i i like yeah. i like luca i want him to be successful so hopefully mm-hmm. they can find something to to get those pieces together right i mean i don't i don't know what Cuban and they're doing as an organization but like I said we were looking at the standings and we're like oh man Oklahoma City's not going to get in you know like we're like you know Dallas is going to jump them and the fact that like then you you mean you sit your 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 best player for the last game of the season when when you have a chance to get that 10 spot I mean I think I mean mean, like what are you tanking for a lottery pick I mean I don't know what's going on but like I think that's that's crazy Uh, that that should be the story that really should be the story because I mean, there's no reason that he should have have uh, sat Luca. I, I I mean, do we know if that was by Luca's own choice, or did I don't know? I mean, because that's a huge that's that's a huge story there, right? You have yeah, a chance I, to go to the playoffs, and you right. sit your best player. Yeah, and so I don't think it's Luca's choice because I think that's where the uh, the story about him might wanting a trade and not being happy um, about sitting. I think that's where that came from is that uh, he, he didn't play. So um, that's something we'll have to follow and kind of just track while and see what happens, man, because I mean, I know that's a, big... a lot If people have the cap space, they would take that guy in a heartbeat. Dude. I think uh, most every, every team would take him in a heartbeat. <laughs> Right. right. He's one of the yeah. most dynamic players in the NBA right now. Yeah, right? for sure. I mean, yeah. he, he he really is uh, a phenomenal player. And I think anybody would be happy to have him. Right. So, yeah, I don't know, man. So it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, final thing in sports. OBJ finally has a new home. Uh, he signed to the Ravens, which is probably a sign that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to stay with the Ravens. But he signed for a Ravens. Uh, he got a one-year deal, basically, uh, with all incentives and everything. Comes out to be $18 million for good with him, because a lot of people were going to say he wasn't going to get that much money. Um, that's 13.8 guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, not at all, but uh, 13.8 guaranteed. And then, uh, like I said, um, and then he has some incentives to make up the rest. So we'll see what happens. But... You know, I think it's crazy too because in that system with Lamar Jackson, they don't throw the ball a whole lot. I mean, mm-hmm. they are a run first team, you know. So um 
I could see somewhere towards midseason OBJ getting kind of frustrated about about not getting as many targets as he would like, you know, because um, like I know he's grown a little bit, but but being the guy that he has been, he's going to want the ball. He's going to want the ball a lot, and that's it's not a pass happy system. So I'll be interested to see what happens there. Yeah, I hope he doesn't complain a lot, right? Like I, I'm I'm over the uh, OBJ that that complains and and. You know what I mean? Like the Ravens don't don't need that. Um, have we got an answer on Lamar Jackson yet on is, if he's going to stay or not? Nope. Because, I mean, that would be the thing for me. Um, I I think I can understand what Baltimore's doing, right? Mm. They are trying to show good faith to Lamar Jackson saying, hey, we're willing to, to put, uh, I mean, who did they have last year? Receiver wise, uh, exactly. Mark Andrews, the tight end, exactly. Right, I would be pissed if I was Lamar Jackson. Right, right. So maybe, maybe Baltimore's going. Okay, you know, obviously we want you to stay. Obviously, you're our franchise quarterback. We want you to retire uh, in a Ravens jersey. You know, what do we got to right. do to to keep you there? And maybe, maybe Lamar was like, "Give me some damn receivers that can catch the ball." Right. right. And, uh, you know, those videos that we saw of Odell were incredible. Right. He looks oh like, gosh. you know, he's in the best shape he's ever been. Right. For and sure. we all know that when he's healthy and his mental state is, is in a good place, highly effective. Yeah, right. He's a freak. Yeah, he, he is. So maybe they're trying to to show Lamar that that they're willing to spend money to get some pieces around him. Uh, they need to get a running back quickly, mm. right? To put that, get that pressure off of him to have to run the damn ball every single time, right? They need a star running back, somebody that, you know, they can't just sit there and play spy on, on Lamar every <laughs> single, you know, you know what I mean? Cause that's all they did. They just sat there and they put one to two linebackers as spy on him, right? Yeah. You can't throw the ball to the same person every single time, right? They tried. And they they tried. It failed, right? Yeah. They didn't really bad. have a running back, right? That was a, a threat to them, right? So that's right. all they did. They stacked the box. They they put a couple spies on Lamar, and you know he wasn't that successful last year. Uh, I don't right. think that's of of him declining uh, in ability. Um, I think he just didn't have any other people to to really help him take over the game. So yeah, I I like it. Uh, obviously, that's a lot of money uh, for for Odell. I I don't think anybody thought he was going to get that much, but more power yeah. to him. He found a spot uh, that he was needed and leveraged that and got himself a good deal. Let's hope that he uh, stays, you know, stays healthy first off. And his mental state, you know, we don't want any more Antonio Browns just leaving, you know, halfway through the season. Let's get through a season here and right. uh, see if Lamar can do something special. Yeah, for sure. 
Let's 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 hope Lamar Jackson actually signs now that now like now that OBJ's there because what happens if OBJ signs this deal? Lamar's like, no, I'm still I'm still out. Yeah. Yeah, like Baker a- Mayfield. <laughs> Baker's got a team. Baker's a team. I know, Bay, so like, I you- know but, uh, but it seems right. like Odell has just been following that dude around. <laughs> like- oh my gosh. Yeah, he's like, get me out of here. <laughs> keep leaving and keep on showing up. Oh, let's do let's Baker. hope, man. Let's hope Lamar gets a gets a mm-hmm. contract from I just I can't right. imagine him in a different jersey. I can't imagine oh, it in, yeah, in a different system like that system is built for Lamar Jackson. Right. Like right. for sure. Just get him some work it talent, out. man. Yeah. Get him some I think talent. it's a, I think it's a sign that he probably gave him a list of his like, hey, you want me to stay? This is what it takes for me to stay. And I think I think they're working on it, man. So oh, um, I read hopefully. an article that he was the, one of the main people I was trying to recruit him. Oh, nice. Okay. Gotcha. So maybe maybe yeah. Lamar does have uh you know, some want to stay in Baltimore uh, because right. I think we've all seen that if quarterbacks aren't happy in their current situation, they don't really uh, try their hardest. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Like I, I've never yeah, seen there's... a quarterback bitching about their team and then go and win a Super Bowl. Right. Like <laughs> that, that really doesn't right. happen. Right. Yeah. And so... Rogers, maybe I think Ann Rogers does that. No, I mean, but, he was uh, happy with Green Bay. He bitched this last year and didn't yeah. make it anywhere. But uh, I, I think a quarterback has to be happy with where he's at uh, to really yeah. to really get into it and, and win a Super Bowl. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, well, that's it with sports, man. We're going to move on to some news. We got a couple of things going on this week that I think you'll love to talk about. So let's get it. Yeah, uh, not a ton here. Um, there really hasn't been a, a ton of huge political news. Um, there, there's really just two things I want to uh, really talk about. And that is uh, what happened with the two Democrats in Tennessee. Did you see this? There were two there were two House Democrats um, that actually were that took part uh, in the the riot at the Tennessee Capitol, were actually in the crowd with bullhorns, uh, took over the Senate floor. I mean, these are uh, elected uh, people that that went into the crowds with them, right, and encouraged them to uh, get into the Capitol. Now, as we all know, right, they've been trying to pin January 6th on Donald Trump for, you know, two years now. Right, saying that he incited violence. Well, these two guys join the damn rioters, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and you're you're not allowed to do that as a uh, as an elected official, right? You're not allowed to incite violence and incite a, a, a crowd going into the Capitol and overtaking the Capitol. So, uh, those who were in the house did what they were supposed to do. And expelled them from uh, from the house, right? That's what you're right. supposed to do. Um, now, what took place is basically the Democrats get to to replace them with whoever they want, right? So it really wasn't going to be like a, a an actual issue, right? Because right. they all knew that they were just probably going to get put right back in. Right. I think but, one of them did actually get put right back in. So there were three, but mm. one of them didn't really join the crowd. 
More was just okay. cheering, right? The okay. other two actually joined in, right? We're actually part of the mob, um, which you which you can't do. So mm -hmm. they did what they were supposed to do, uh, expelled them. Uh, again, knowing that they were probably going to get back, but again, kudos for the people that that stood their ground, saying, "Hey, you're not allowed to do this. You, you that's not the way our democracy runs." Right. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing that really, really, really pisses me off. They held a rally, and instead of Kamala Harris going to the parents or the police officers of the shooting in Tennessee, right? Mm -hmm. Six people died. Six people were murdered in a school. Police officers went in, right, and put themselves in, harm way, in, in harm's way to protect children, right? Not knowing what was going on, they went in there and they took down the shooter, right? To me, mm -hmm. that seems like something that that should be applauded. And if you you know truly give a give a shit about you know what actually took place and Americans being gunned down, you would think that you would want to go make an appearance, right, and console or you know just show your support for those families in that community who literally their kids got ran down and shot by a a shooter. Like in a school, right? But that's not enough to bring the vice president to Tennessee. What it takes to bring the vice president to Tennessee is a political stunt, a political thing, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that just it just shows that this this isn't about uh, just people, right? Any any human, any normal person. If you're, you know, Democrat, Republican, Christian, non-Christian, it doesn't matter. Kids got shot. Uh, a psychopath ran into a school and started firing at children, right? That's not okay. And, you know, if you have a heart and compassion, you would want to, you know, stand united with that community saying, hey, this is mm -hmm. not okay. We don't stand with violence. You know, those things. No, not enough. Not enough. For you to come down right but these two people do what you've been trying to convict trump of and you'll turn around and do a rally for them saying that they're you know nothing happened nothing should have happened to them and and speak on their behalf but you won't speak on the behalf of the families that their kids got got shot like just baffles me and frustrates me and makes me very angry at our political system that I mean, it's just political it, lives, you know, these things don't matter anymore. It's all about the political. It's all about, you know, two, two Democrats get get out of office. Right. So the vice president comes in and makes a speech about how terrible that is. But she's three blocks away from the freaking school shooting and won't say a damn word about that. So what's your what's your take on this, Monty? I'm gonna say I'm I'm glad we had a Ruben rant and not not a Monty rant this time. Oh, so please. so I I won't get yelled at this time. Um, <laughs> but I mean you're a hundred percent right. Like obviously like 
there's politics, but, the, but there's also the right thing and wrong thing to do. Um, and it's so funny because like, you know, like I think uh, last episode, two episodes ago, episodes ago I, I went on that rant and I was like, what has Kamala Harris done? Like when she's gone, what is she going <laughs> to do That's what she's for? done. <laughs> and, and she must have heard me and she was like, hold my beer, you know? <laughs> so hopefully it's not Bud Light. But um, <laughs> Oh, it was. It absolutely was. <laughs> but okay, that's it. That's a joke. But But like I said, so like, but there's a right thing and a wrong thing. And we talked about the school shooter and, you know, and, and the trans community and that thing and who who they should stand up and they should support. And like I said, this should all be about, you know, if you want to do the right thing, you know, the children um, and the victims of that school, there's loved ones that, you know, that, you know, don't have, you know, a child anymore. They don't have a classmate anymore. There's you know, people are in pain and are hurting. And then, like I said, there's little kids that are, that's going to be affected by this for a very long time because they witnessed this. Um, I mean, think of it as being a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old looking yeah. over and your, yeah. and your classmate is bleeding and got shot, you yeah, know, like, got shot. Like, 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 you know, I get there's a political side to it and, and you got to play the game, but you also got to be a human being and you need to go out there and, you know, you need to go see those people. You need to hug those people. You need to tell those people how much you care and you need to mean it. You know, like if you worry about yeah. like if you if you worry about votes and you worry about the people standing beside you, you will get more people voting for you that way than going into, you know, you know, in the Capitol and making this fiery speech, you know, because even the people that are Republicans, they see that side of you and they're like, oh, man, like, you know, she cares, like, like, maybe she's different than I thought she was, you know, and, and that changes the perspective, you know, sometimes you got to be human being and you got to actually show that you care, you know, and I think she definitely missed that opportunity with, you know, with his trip to, to Tennessee and has the opportunity to make this appearance and, and she, she failed to do so. Well, I mean, I think everybody is well aware that, you know, our, I think everybody's done with the political stuff. Like, right. like, I'm just, I'm like, be a freaking human, right? Be a good human like, being. Be, be yeah. a good human being. Like, yeah. you won't, you won't go to Tennessee for people being shot, but you'll go to Tennessee for this. Like, open your damn eyes, people. Like, that is the most political thing I've, I've ever seen. It just goes to show that nobody at the top gives a shit about the american people it's all of political everything is political and I, mm. i'm just tired of it man i just want people to give a shit about the american people like i don't 100%. care if you're a republican i don't care if you're a democrat just care like just care right. about about those people that community right. they didn't even go to freaking ohio when a, a nuclear bomb almost went off right like yeah they didn't touch they didn't care right they don't right. they just don't care anymore like it, it's it's really really frustrating uh to me because it used to be when something like this happens it doesn't matter your political view it didn't it doesn't matter right these are human beings that lost children right these these are our parents that lost mm -hmm. children like show some damn compassion for them yep yep right show them that you're a human being you're not just a political puppet like do yep. something that shows that and and they just can't do it they just won't do it 
right? Like it, it just, it, it's, it's frustrating. And I, I mean, that goes for, I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, right? Doesn't matter to yeah. me. Just show some compassion, care about the people you're actually representing for once, yeah. just actually give a shit about them because yeah. I don't see it. And it, it's making me frustrated um, that I have to keep reading stories like this. Like, like mm. she, she was literally like three blocks away. That's three, right. Like three, three blocks and, away. And I do believe I like, you know, I think once a candidate that's running for president, once they realize this, or, or if there's actually someone who cares, shocker, if there's actually someone who cares, yeah, you know, if they show up in Ohio, show up in Tennessee, show up and like support the community, you know, and stand by them. I bet you they will get so much respect and they will get so many votes from that. Like those people will become the front runners. Those people would challenge the DeSantis and the Trumps and the Bidens because, yeah. because they're like, because they are for the people. And I think those people will take notice, you know, and, and like, like I said, don't stand in the Capitol and scream and yell about the political side, go help and support those people that are actually in need. They actually like want you to help them. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens and we'll see what, what doesn't happen. But, um, you know, someone should have been at that school, you know, someone should have been with those yeah. people, you know, like in Ohio, someone like those people had to uh, leave, leave their evacuate. entire lives, the entire city, like who knows what's going on now? No, they're testing the water on the land. There's wildlife dying, you know, and like still nothing from no one. I mean, it just blows, it just blows my mind. And so like, you know, until it happens in their backyard, they don't care, but hopefully we'll find someone who actually cares you know because if you can yeah. care about a small community like that then you can care about your country so we'll yeah. see yeah and and i 100 agree with you um that person will win i think that's one of the reasons reagan was such a good president right he connected at such a a, a personal like a human level right mm -hmm. he it seemed like he actually cared about the health and wealth and well-being of of the american people right because I mean, at the right. end of the day if you're the president, you're not just worried about your, you know, Democrat citizens, right? You should be worried about everybody. All right? your citizens, that, right? All yeah. your citizens. That's exactly right. Uh, but I just don't, I just don't see that, right? Um, we've become so divided and we're so, uh, you know, the the political side of things, like uh, one of the, the worst things I ever saw was like uh, AOC going down to the border Right. To, to basically just take a picture of her in a white, you know, a white outfit, like wailing in front of the wall. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like we all know that's just a political stunt. Like it, right. that does us absolutely no good for you to do that. So, like, how about you mm. care like actually of humans and not just what you look like or or a picture or anything like that? Right. It just it, it's got to change. It, it's got to change sometime soon or we're going to see an absolute collapse you know in oh, yeah. or an absolute fraction uh within the american people because i think i think there's a huge majority of people that feel the way that i feel right like right. i just i just want human beings with with compassion that, that actually give a shit like i think right. there's a ton of people i'll take it from either side i, I don't i don't care i just <laughs> i just want somebody who cares and right i just don't see that um, you know, the, really the only person I, I can actually like somewhat see that is, is, is in DeSantis. Like that dude actually mm -hmm. seems like he gives a crap about, about Florida, right? Cause he's the governor of Florida, right? He, he is in right. 
he he should care about every single one of his citizens, not just one side or the other. And it, to me, it looks like he does because he's taking people that are uh, Democrats and moving them to vote for him, like registered right. Democrats. To me, that shows that that he cares about the the well being of his entire uh, his entire state, not just one side of the aisle. So yeah. hopefully we can start to see more of that in our political realm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but obviously, like, yeah, there's a big disconnect right now between what's going on in, you know, the political, you know, sphere and then what's going on, like, with the, the average man. And I think a lot of people are realizing, like, the people that they have voted for aren't really representing them um, the way they would like to, you know. And so once they actually get elected, you know, you know, those policies and those things are are changing, you know. And so, you know, hopefully the right person comes around where everyone can kind of get behind and realize like this is, this is our guy, you know, and obviously the media, the media is all about DeSantis and that's what DeSantis kind of, kind of um, shows that he can kind of do. And that's what he's kind of representing. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's people that we don't know about on the, on both sides that are kind of fighting sure. for, you know, their people that we just, you know, they just haven't for some reason got the, the limelight, like, like uh, DeSantis has. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, well, one of the other things I want to talk about is the Intel leak. Did you see this? Uh, yeah, I saw a few articles about it. Well, I, I think we have an epidemic of Intel being leaked to the press. I think it's becoming a massive issue, uh, not just for you know the people that it directly affects, but just for our security in general. Right. Mm -hmm. There was an article that came out today that, you know, the prime minister or, or the head person of France basically said it, it's time to move away from the United States and maybe start connecting with China. Right. That's how bad it's got. That's how bad we look uh, to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And again, I think people need to wake up and see that China just connected with Russia. Right. China said they're going to back Russia. France is over there going, oh, yeah. hey, we need to probably start looking at China, right, to partner up with. Like, we we just look really weak that we can't even keep anything inside our government, right? We can't even keep Supreme Court, you know, decisions. Uh, that's a group of like nine people, right? Yeah. Like, like how hard is yeah. it to keep that information? We, we can't even keep that information from, uh, you know, getting leaked. I just think mm -hmm. it's an issue. I think this 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 type of stuff needs to uh, needs to stop. And what actually needs to happen are the people that are leaking these things need to be convicted, you know, and actually, you know, serve the crime that they're, uh, you know, the the crime that they did and actually serve time for it or be punished. Right. However, that's punished. Or this is just going to keep happening, right? right? Again, the Supreme Court one is a great example. We still don't know who leaked that, right? That entire group, I think it's like 24 people, still have no idea who did it, right? So why would somebody who maybe gets this information, why would they not leak it, right? There's no incentive not yeah. to, right? Yeah. There's more incentive to leak it than to keep it actually private, right? And there's no telling, you know, uh, the amount of people that this actually puts in, you know, that's, I mean, again, that's my thing. You know, I don't want to put American citizens in harm's way. Right. And if leaking uh, information 
gets people put in harm's way, I'm 100% against it, right? Uh, the, again, the Supreme Court leak is a great example. They leaked that. Somebody drove from California all the way to Brett Kavanaugh's house with guns and knives to kill him, right? Yeah, you, that's crazy. you put him in harm's way by doing that, right? And I don't mm. think we should stand for that. I think we should could convict that. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's a rough word and for the lack of a better word, but like, it's almost treason in in a way. Like, yeah, you know, like, you know, like, that is like betrayal of, you know, almost like of the highest order, right? When it's, it's not to do with the government or, you know, like you said, um, the judge is there. And like, the thing is, it's like, only a handful of people have access to this or should know about this. So it shouldn't be hard to figure out who is this person <laughs> that got this information out, right? Because it's not that many people who have access to it, you know? So, but I, I, but for some reason, like it never happens. Like no one ever finds out who, who the, who the person um, that leaked it is. I know even uh, under Trump, like, you know, like he, he was uh, searching for the mole, like, like, like who, you know, he was firing everybody because he was like, are, are you doing it? You know, and like and obviously, like they're you're showing fired. It's yeah, you're fired. You're fired. He's going back to the princess. You're days. fired. You're fired. You're fired. You know, but like obviously, like you know, with the whole new, um, you know, like with you know, it's everyone's different now, right? And the same thing is happening. Um, so, um, that is, it's definitely a, a big problem for United States, especially if you want other countries to be our allies and to trust us and like form, uh, you know, packs with us and, and move forward, you know, and be the leader of the free world. Like, I mean, it doesn't sound a good look. And it's going to be hard for countries to actually trust us if we, if we can't get this under control. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that was an astonishing statement. If you really, if you really think about that, right. Like other foreign powers are now looking at us as weak as not the the leaders of the free world anymore right? right that's a that's a massive statement there right and it just it hurts my soul <laughs> you know what i mean that yeah uh that when you know we we are we are supposed to be uh you know the leaders of of truth and justice and and have an incorruptible you know uh system at the end of the day with our law and everything else and it's just all gone to hell in a handbasket right yeah. and if i'm a if i'm a foreign country i'm looking at the same thing right um if we're not strong we're not united how do you you know how do you take over countries you divide and conquer right, right. i mean that's kind of what's going on and we talked about it last time like another 9-11 happens i don't think it's going to be yeah. anything like what what took place <laughs> right like we'll start yeah you know, saying the people that ran the damn planes into into the Twin Towers are the victims. You know what I mean? I just, it just, I, I don't know what would happen, right? We, I definitely don't think we would be united by any means. Uh, yeah. Then the, the article would be like, what were the hijackers going through at yeah, the time? Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how are they feeling? Forgive me for that one. That was, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm. I, I really just want us to be united. I want us to stand strong. I don't want us to look weak. Uh, hearing, you know, a foreign country say that that they're going to take the side of China, I think is 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 uh, not just shocking, but we should it should perk up our our or make the back of our uh, hair on the back of our neck stand up. Right. Because that's not good. Right. That's not good right. at all. China is a threat 
uh, it is a country that could, you know, do something uh, that could put us into war, right? If there's one country out there that could do it, it is China. Um, Taiwan is just sitting over there, just waiting to be taken over by China, right? And it, mm -hmm. it just... I just don't think we're in a good uh, foreign policy wise. I don't think we're sitting out that that good at all. And I, we really yeah. need that to change because uh, yeah. we're just at a very, very weak point right now, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, nothing gets, I mean, besides COVID, nothing gets leaked out of China, bro. Like those guys, <laughs> they like you will get killed on spot. Like if, if you leak something out of China, you know, they're, they're, everything is pretty sealed tight. Even what they tell, you know, their public, you know, it's, it's, it's a bunch of lies usually in propaganda and, 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 and those people believe it and they run with it, you know? So uh, we, we definitely have to figure out our, you know, our foreign policy, our, our domestic policy. Like there's a lot of things that we, we need the right to ship if we, we want to continue to, to have allies and, and be, be the power that we are, because like you said, we don't, you know, we don't want all the eyes are on China right now. We don't want everyone to jump on China's ship and it turns around all the eyes are, are yeah. on us. So, um, which, I mean, I don't, I don't think that would happen. I think, you know, Germany, France, they realize the threat that China is, but at the exact same time, like we have, it's a very clear signal that we need to fix what's going on here or like, or those allies won't be around much longer um to support us or you know give us aid when when a time might come we might need it yeah yeah we, we need to have as many allies as possible i mean part of this intel leak was about ukraine right, right. oh yeah the ukraine and russia yeah. so <laughs> guys right come <laughs> on dude like right what are you doing leaking this stuff right. about you know right. an ongoing war right Look, that could I, turn I, the tide of the war, right? Like people, are like oh, they, you know, I don't, I don't think people in America understand, like, what's in going on in Ukraine is fucking serious, guys. They yeah. gave out guns to their citizens to fight Germany, right? Like they literally went out and gave guns to fight hey, who Putin. did Ukraine? Oh yeah, yeah, Germany. You said Germany. I said Germany. Sorry. Yeah. I was, I was like, wait, oh, wait. Germany. Man, it's <laughs> I, I, I'm seeing red right now. So that was that was World War II, sir. And my bad, my bad. But they they right. gave they gave guns to their citizens. Like things are very very serious, you know, over right. there. Yeah. Things that we don't, you know, we can't even comprehend because we're so isolated in our little bubbles, you know. People mm -hmm. are complaining about, you know, their Starbucks, why, you know, the military in Ukraine is is going house to house, giving their citizens AK-47s to shoot off right. people trying to kill them. Like, right. it's this isn't like, it's a serious issue. And we're over here yeah. leaking, you know, documents about this ongoing war. It's just like, it's, it's dumb. It's really stupid. It's, it, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. I feel, I feel like our government you know. is controlled by a bunch of teenagers. It seems that way sometimes for sure. And, and then you got to think like, like, what's, what's the motive? Like, what is the person behind that's doing this? Like, what is, what is his or her motive behind it? Like, are you a Russian spy? Are you, you know, like, what side <laughs> are you on? And if that, like, dude, I've been watching, like, I've been watching the, the night agent 
I think it's called, dude, it's <laughs> on Netflix. It's so good. But like now it's got me like all in the conspiracy theory mode. And I'm like, what are you, okay, are you a spy now? And like, and that's even a bigger problem because we have a Russian spy in the White House, you know, like who, what else information do they have? You know, so I mean, it's a joke, but it's not a joke at the same time. It's like, we, you know, we need to get, it's like our house, we need to get our house in order, you know, we so do. we can, you know, get, you know, get things taken care of abroad as well. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. We need to get our house in order, guys. We we look like a bunch yeah. of teenage uh, kids out here trying to run the you know the greatest country in the world, and uh, mm. we we just we look like a bunch of idiots. And in my opinion, I just I, I don't think it's right. I think uh, you know the the uh, mindset of. Uh, you know, being an, an American and trying to do what's best for uh, the citizens of the USA, you know, it's just, I think it's, it's gone now and we, we have to bring it back because there's serious implications uh, for these types of things that we don't see, you know, and I think it's important to not put anybody in harm's way. Like I've said, these things have ramifications that me and you will probably never see, we'll probably never hear about. Uh, but obviously something in those documents uh, caused a stir, right? Because of what right. uh, France said. And also it's been, you know, covered by most uh, media news outlets and, and different things like that. So, um, you know, we just sent gobs of money over there also to Ukraine to fight. And uh, I think people are unhappy with the way uh, Biden handled the Ukraine war, uh, but it's still you still shouldn't leak in information. I'm just right. tired of the leaking. Let's stop. Yeah. Let's stop the leaks, please. Right. You know, it's a bigger problem when you can Google it and then like websites from like different countries are reporting about it. You're like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's just not it's not just New York Post this time, you know, and like from freaking, you know, The Guardian and like every like all kinds of places from all kinds all over the world is reporting about this, you know, like um you know you know there's the world's watching man and we, we like you said we gotta gotta get our house in order well i mean why would you be in a u.s ally right that i mean that's my thing right what have we like what have we done and even uh, even under trump he let right uh freaking uh hong kong i think it was hong kong right get taken over uh by china right he right. he didn't send anybody over there to you know protect freedom right. right we pull out of afghanistan and turn it over to a terrorist organization right i mean we we haven't really done anything for ukraine so like why like taiwan's over here going hey guys like <laughs> china's probably gonna bomb us here pretty quickly like right. we could use some yeah, support yeah. Need a little help over here. Need a little help. We haven't really done anything for them. So, like, I don't know. I think evidence speaks for itself, right? What well, I mean, why why would mm. you, other than just the the military strength that we have? But even that's being weakened, right? We're we're right. you know our our military our our person that's supposed to be running the military said he's more worried about diversity than he is protecting our country. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we're just, we just look weak. 
and I don't want to le- look weak. Right, a hundred percent. So, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like we have, and I get it. Like, I mean, we, the threat of nukes probably scares a lot of people, you know, in the government or in the military, and so maybe that's why we've been so standoffish. But like, we've just let we've been letting the power slip more and more and more it seems like and obviously i'm definitely like not for war at all and i'm not saying that i am but at at some point you know um like we got to put our foot down and say enough is enough you know and obviously like we're part of nato and, and you know none of the nato countries have been attacked yet but um we have to we have to put our foot down and be like enough is enough at some point or like these countries are are, are going to continue i mean like you know like I mean, China's not going to stop. You know, they're going to continue. They're, I mean, if they want Taiwan, they're going to take it eventually, right? And then, you know, what's our reaction going to be? You know, Russia's not going to stop. I mean, they have eighty million people. You know, they're like until all like until every male has been like shot. You know, like they're just, like they're just going to keep pumping and pumping and pumping guys. And like, you know, what what's what are we going to do when we send all of our you know, our ammunition and all of our missiles and all of our everything, like our planes over there. Now we have nothing home to protect us. You know, at some point we, like, we, we got to get together with other countries and we need like enough is enough, you know, and, and put it and put it into it. So I I, mean, I just don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm not for war, uh, but right. making stances uh, against foreign countries that are dictatorship dictatorships that literally want to conquer other uh, countries right I think you you have to do you take the the little battles so you don't have to go to war right you right. hold your ground and it's just something I haven't seen um you know when we pulled out of uh, Afghanistan man that was a that to me was, just betraying uh you know alliances that we had and it also weakened Mm -hmm. our position in china right we don't have anything near china now right that was a a a good midway point uh to block china from from trying to take over you know that area of the world and we just gave it up uh with no issues right we left 62 billion dollars worth of our military equipment over there Right, we left American citizens over there. We left uh, Afghan al- allies over there, right? And we just let a a nasty, uh, you know, group of people to just ransack the place, right? And we mm. said it was a win. It wasn't a win, you know what I mean? It made us look like we could care less about other people, right? They, for people that stand up and say they care about human rights. Right. Afghanistan was finally becoming a country uh, that would let women go to school. Right. Have women up in leadership, women running companies, women up in uh, government. And then the terrorist group that takes over Afghanistan, they won't let women out of their house without covering their entire face. They're throwing gay people off buildings. Right. They're murdering any person that comes against them. And then we say that was a good thing. For the world right like it, it wasn't um and we have to do something to get ourselves back in a point where people want to ally with us right to stop mm. the the nasty evil that's within this world like we're in a bubble right 
and we don't necessarily get to see firsthand the actual evil that is out there because there's a lot of it. There is oh, a 100%. lot of evil and there's a lot of people that want to do uh, the United States harm just because of how free uh, we are as a people. Right. And we have to protect that uh, tooth and nail and leaking documents is not <laughs> not not a good way of doing that. So, yeah, definitely not. Well, that's uh, that's all I had on the political side. Uh, we have to talk about one more thing before we go. A um, couple episodes ago, uh, we had a disagreement. So, Monty, yeah. have you uh, have you found a book or an article or anything that you want me to read yet? Not not yet. I need to work on that. Okay. Actually, I kind I kind of let that slip, but I, I'm, I'll get you a book for sure. Okay. Well. Maybe uh maybe it's Wednesday. Gonna be an, or... It's gonna be an easy read. So once you read it, you're like, oh yes, I, I get it. I I understand. I was thinking now. about giving you a video. <laughs> you don't even have to read it. You just have to watch I'm it. So buy you we'll... a picture. I'm gonna buy you a picture book, all right? <laughs> a pop-up book. Uh so <laughs> so we'll get into that uh next week. Uh I think we touched a little bit on the Jesus portion uh with Jeanette. I appreciate her coming mm -hmm. on um yeah Will, man, will's house that's awesome yeah just take take care of people take care of your community man yeah. just love one another it's it's not uh it's not that difficult um i think that the father showed us uh within scripture that he cared about uh communities right um i think it's important to take care of your community um, I'm tired of of uh, massive churches sending people over to, you know, these foreign countries when, you know, you've got 400 homeless people down the street from you and you're sending everybody, you know, 4,000 miles away. Take care of your community, right? Feed somebody who's hungry. Show them you love them. Um, you know, offer to, to uh, you know, help somebody out if they're struggling with their kids. Right. They need time off. Go out, go babysit for them. Just love one another. Be a be a human being. Right. Don't worry about their political views. Right. Just just be be loving and compassion, because that's what God calls us to do. Right. Love. Right. The kingdom mm -hmm. is uh, joy, peace and righteousness with him. Um, and God's will is for all of us uh, to love each other unconditionally. Right. And we have to start doing that, even in the political realm, right? At the end of the day, it's about the citizens of the United States, right? It's not about one political side. It's about protecting and loving those uh, people within the United States and overseas, right? Mm -hmm. Just love, just freaking love people, man. <laughs> not that, yeah. It's not that hard, yeah. right? It's not that hard. I mean, we say that. Apparently someone's like, yeah, that's pretty hard because <laughs> they, they are not doing it. Yeah. Um, but did you have any last words, Mont? No, nah, man, you nailed it you know, on the head. Like, I, like, you know, we both said earlier and you just said now, just like, you know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't take much just to be a good person, you know, just be like, no matter what side of the, you know, of the road you're on, right. Just, just, do the right thing and be a good person. And I, and like, if enough people do that then everything will, will work out just fine. But, you know, there's, you know, all kinds of, you know, we talk about temptation and stuff like that. There's so much temptation out there that people, you know, 
or chasing that instead of doing what what what's right. So I'm with you. Well said, brother. Well, hey, I love you. I'll see you in a couple of days. Yes, sir, man. Let's get it. Love you, bro.